Due to the content of this episode, listener discretion is advised. This episode contains mentions of animal death and mutilation and may not be suitable for listeners under the age of 13. You're listening to Spectral Evidence, and I am your host, Shay Locuson. Every Wednesday, I will share real-life stories of encounters with the supernatural, from bumps in the night to glimpses of unknown creatures on the side of the road. What you're about to hear is uncorroborated and contains details of the undetectable. It will be up to you whether or not you believe the spectral evidence. Guillermo unscrewed the little plastic cap of the orange juice and brought it up to his lips. His wife hated it when he drank straight out of the carton, which made it especially appealing at 2am. He switched the juice in the carton and went to take another deep drink when a scream split the stillness of the night. He dropped the carton and ran towards the back of the house without a moment's hesitation. A parent knows when a scream is real. His wife, Clarita, was in the hallway with bleary eyes and her hair in a messy braid behind her head. What's going on? Guillermo moved past her. I don't know. It was the baby. She stayed behind him when he opened the door. Their son was standing in his crib, face bright red from sobbing. There was a draft in the room that shouldn't have been, and a strange sulfuric stench. Guillermo looked from the baby to the window. Something was standing between him and the window. He heard a soft grunt as he struggled to process what he was looking at. It was... a creature... It was the size of a child, crouched down on powerful-looking legs with hairy arms and long claws on its three-fingered hands. Red eyes glistened to a smashed, pug-like face, and drool dribbled from the crooked jaw. As he watched, a series of spines rose up on its back, and it started to growl. Guillermo! Clarita gasped over his shoulder. What is that? Guillermo couldn't respond to her. He couldn't even move until the thing looked at his son. Then there was nothing that could stop him. He crossed the room in a heartbeat, putting himself between the beast and his only child. It seemed as if the creature was going to lunge at him until Clarita screamed. Something about the sound of her scream must have rattled the creature because it turned and disappeared back out the window. Clarita was behind Guillermo again, sweeping up their son in her arms. Guillermo looked at her, only then realizing he had been holding his breath. The creature had left behind a puddle of viscous goo. He looked up at the windowsill where he could see claw marks and something fleshy. Getting closer, Guillermo realized that he was looking at a chunk of oily meat. Looking outside, he couldn't see the creature, but he could see the two still form of one of the goats laying on the ground with its head back at an unnatural angle. Silviero Perez, a Puerto Rican comedian, coined the term chupacabras in 1995. This followed a series of attacks on livestock in Puerto Rico by unknown creatures. 
While chupacabras meant goat sucker, the first reported attack was actually on eight sheep rather than goats. The sheep were found completely drained of blood with an unusual three-point puncture wound on their chests. While investigators initially attributed these bizarre deaths to predation by coyotes, there were others who noticed some similarities between how these sheep died and a series of cattle mutilations. Madeline Tolatino was the first person to see the animal responsible for attacking the livestock in Puerto Rico. She described the creature as having grayish-green reptilian skin, large eyes, and a series of spines down its back. This initial description evolved as more people claimed to have seen it. Not only did it have scales and spines, but it also had red eyes and stood between three and four feet tall. It hopped somewhat like a kangaroo. More exaggerated sightings claimed that the creature dropped out of the sky and appeared to be able to bound over the tops of trees with very little effort. Over 1,000 animal deaths were attributed to the chupacabra by 1996. Sheep and cattle were not the only targets, as the creature also seemed to develop a taste for poultry and pets. The unusual three-point wound was considered to be definitive proof that the animal had been the victim of the chupacabra. By this point, more people came forward claiming to have seen the creature. These witnesses described it as being somewhat like a monkey, though lacking a tail. It had large, oval red eyes and scaly grayish-green skin with coarse black hair. In some reports, it was able to change color at will, like a chameleon. Strange three-toed tracks were found around some of the dead animals. Some witnesses also reported a foul stench and occasionally slime left behind by the creature. Country roads are lonely. That night, that loneliness was exaggerated by the pitch-black darkness that pressed in around the headlights of a single car. The road wasn't unfamiliar, but that didn't mean that it was comforting. Marianne shifted her gaze from the road for a moment, focusing on her car's radio. Her preferred radio station was going in and out, and the static was starting to get under her skin. A quick adjustment of the dial, and... something was running across the road. She slammed on her brakes, gritting her teeth as her seatbelt constricted across her chest and her groceries tumbled off the seat onto the floorboard. <sighs> she drew in a breath and focused on the animal on the road. She had thought it was a dog, but it was staring at her, eyes shining in the headlights. It lifted its head slightly, sniffing in the direction of the car. The animal's head was blocky and the snout blunt. It had a thick, horse-like neck, unlike any dog that Marianne had ever seen. Most strikingly, the skin was wrinkled and gray, almost completely furless except for a ridge of hair along its neck like a mane. Marianne felt herself clenching her fists around her steering wheel as the animal licked its lips and turned away from the car. As it moved, she noticed that it had a sloped back and a loping gait. She sat there and stared at the empty road after it had disappeared into the darkness. As time went on and more mysterious animal deaths were reported in Mexico and the southern United States, the description of the chupacabra changed. Instead of a leaping, monkey-like reptile with spines on its back, people began reporting a strange dog-like creature. Sometimes referred to as blue dogs, this version of the chupacabra looks like some kind of unidentified canine with a pronounced spine, large teeth, and large claws. Some of the descriptions include a ridge of hair along a thick neck and a hyena-like build. Other witnesses stated the animal had a long muzzle and a whip-like tail. In 2004, a farmer spotted a strange-looking animal eating mulberries on his property. 
It had bluish skin and large bat-like ears. Thinking it was a chupacabra, he shot it. Afterwards, it was determined to be a domestic dog, likely a Xolo Exquintli, or Mexican Hairless. In 2007, the internet was abuzz with news of a strange body discovered by Phyllis Canyon in Cuero, Texas. Pictures of the animal's hairless body and strange-looking face were everywhere. Phyllis kept the body in her freezer for years before it was finally DNA tested by the local university and determined to be a regular coyote with mange, though Phyllis still claims that the animal was neither a coyote nor a wolf and that the DNA could not be linked back to a domestic animal. Mange is a skin disease in non-human mammals that is caused by parasitic mites. It leads to partial to complete hair loss, among other health issues. An animal suffering from extreme cases of mange may almost be completely unrecognizable. The animal that Marianne saw crossing the road was too large to be a coyote. In fact, it seemed to more closely resemble a hyena. Of course, they're not native to North America, so the most likely suspect capable of getting mange would be a black bear. When shown a picture of a black bear with mange, she confirmed that that was what the creature had looked like, except that it had shorter hind legs, and hers had even less hair, and what hair it did have was distributed along the neck like a mane. Now, hairless dogs or animals with mange go a long way to explain the appearance of the more canid examples of the chupacabra. They do very little to explain the creature that was initially reported in Puerto Rico. Mange is not known to give any animal the ability to jump over trees, much less spines protruding from their backs and glowing red eyes. The strange appearance of the wounds on the livestock killed by the more reptilian-looking chupacabra are also unexplained. What animal could cause a distinct three-point puncture in the shape of a downward-facing triangle? What animal could completely and cleanly drain its prey of blood? This version of the chupacabra is often linked to UFO sightings and encounters with extraterrestrials. Interestingly enough, there were a number of sightings of unidentified craft in Puerto Rico in 1994, a year before the first attacks by the chupacabra were reported. One of the most significant UFO sightings occurred in November of 1995. This is around the same time that our story with Yarmo happened. A luminous disc appeared in the sky above a radio station. It was reported to be around 40 feet across. Electronic equipment inside the radio station went crazy, including a piece of equipment from 1957 that was in storage. The most interesting thing about this particular piece of equipment turning itself on, it wasn't even plugged in. Other UFOs were reported around Puerto Rico around this time, coinciding with cattle mutilations and, eventually, sightings of the chupacabra. Folklore and modern accounts of cryptid sightings mention other strange, small, humanoid creatures that share some elements of the description of the chupacabra, though they're not usually as aggressive. These include the Dover Demon, Ibu Gogo, Mamie Guasi, and Kentucky Goblins. Sightings and encounters with these creatures are typically very different in nature from those of the chupacabra. The things that they have in common are the build of the body, the large eyes, and, in some cases, the three-toed tracks. While bodies of the blue dog variant of the chupacabra have been recovered, very little physical evidence exists of this other variant, 
while there were reports of these three toad tracks, no plaster casts or photographs of these exist. That does not stop those who saw the creature with their own eyes from believing. If you enjoyed this podcast, I encourage you to support me on Patreon at patreon.com slash studio. This podcast is possible through the support of my patrons. Thank you to Caitlin W., who is in the Benefactor tier. This episode featured stories based on research and from Marianne M. If you have a story of the supernatural, please feel free to share it with me. You'll find information on how to do that, my Patreon, and the music used in this episode in the show notes. A new episode comes out every Wednesday, and you can listen and subscribe to it on Anchor FM and Spotify. Thank you for listening. <laughs>